You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. Today, we hear from Leanne Evans, and she shares with us her love of running. In fact, her love of all things running, from running 100 kilometer races to directing a park run. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I am very excited to welcome Leanne Evans to the podcast. Welcome, Leanne. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Hi, Michelle. It's so good of you to say yes. I know you have such a busy life with uh, with your professional life and your hobby of running. I know that that takes up a fair chunk of your life, but we can talk a bit more about that element shortly, how uh, running takes up a bit of your life. I assume because you do some organising, but we'll, we'll just leave that as a, a little breadcrumb to, te- to tease people to keep listening. Um, Leanne, tell me a little bit about you. Like, where did you grow up and all that kind of stuff? I Go grew up here, here in Launceston. So I was born in Launceston and I spent all my childhood and teenage years in Launceston. Uh, in my late teens, I moved to Hobart to go to uni, or late teens, early 20s, whatever it worked out to be. Yeah. Lived there for two years, did a do two, did two years of a university degree, which I actually never completed. Oh, what was it you did? Adam? That was agricultural science. Huh, look at with that. The, I was actually going to be a research scientist was the plan. Oh, there you go. So you learn and, something new every day. Yeah, yeah. So that never, never finished because while I was in Hobart, I met my husband and we got married. The plan then was to transfer my degree to a more practical, because it was a very theoretical degree. I was going to go and do a practical one in Adelaide at the Roseworthy Egg College. So we moved to Adelaide shortly after we got married and in the process of moving, found out I was pregnant with our first son. Ah. So that was the end of my uni. It is Lee's fault then, your husband. That's right. <laughs> All Lee's fault. It is Lee's fault. Everything's his fault. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we moved to Adelaide. I was pregnant with our first child and he was born in Adelaide. And we were we only moved to Adelaide for me to finish my degree. So it was only going to be maybe two years. Yeah. But we ended up staying there for 15, 13, 14 Yes. I knew that so, you'd come that you'd been there, like because I met you once you came back to Tasmania after correct. being in Adelaide. So correct. Yeah. Wow. So after that time in Adelaide, we then moved back here to Launceston wow. and that's where we've stayed. And that was again over 15 years ago, 16 wow. years maybe. Been that long. That's amazing. Yeah, forever. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy how time just flies. Um, so back in your childhood here in Launceston, what kind of sporting stuff did you do as a kid at school I wasn't very athletic I hated PE and I hated athletics with a passion really but I yeah I was never any good at sprinting I was always did four and never did any good at sprinting huh. did I okay at the 1200 
okay. And but that was just hard work running around a track. Hated running around oh, as yeah. global because it's yeah. boring. Yeah. But we also did cross country, and I loved cross country. Ah, sign of things to come. No one watched. No one was watching. I could go at my own pace. Could do my own thing. And I actually made the school state team. Oh, wow. But I never did anything because I rolled my ankle. And then it was like, oh, that hurts. That's all too hard. And pulled out. <laughs> Isn't it funny? As kids, we're so um, oh, so, so precious. We're so precious, aren't we? <laughs> so precious. Like if I did that now, it's like I'll just keep going. <laughs> but back then, it was like, oh, that hurt. That's it. It's all over now. Wow. So I wasn't much of a runner back then at all back then. But um, I was a swimmer. Ah. That was my thing. Mm-hmm. So I used to um, do club swimming and I used oh. to swim um, at state level. Oh, wow. And so That's swimming great. was my thing. And um, then that moved into when I moved to Adelaide, I was actually a swimming instructor, swimming coach. Oh, wow. You were serious about your swimming. Yeah. So yeah. That, was, that was my sport and that's what kept me active and kept me, kept me fit. Um, and then... Yeah, and I played netball, I played hockey, I was never any good at hockey. Anything mm-hmm. with a small ball I was never any good at because I've got poor vision. Okay. And my my hand-eye coordination was useless. So yeah. netball was good because I was a big ball, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> played softball, was useless at that. Um, yeah, so that's my sporting career. wasn't much at all, really. Can you remember what you, you know, as a child, what kept you swimming? Was it... That you were doing well and so or did you just really enjoy being in the water like what kind of I, you remember it. I loved it yeah. I love being in the water and I actually miss it now because oh, I don't yeah. swim much now yeah um but I, I just loved and I'm not I'm a bit of an introvert so I'm not a real out there person so yeah. I could do it and I could be active and I could think no one's watching me I'm okay I'm in my yeah. own little world Whereas running, I felt like everybody was watching me. It's interesting because you've said that a couple of times now, you know, the, yeah. the watching. Because, I mean, that's a big thing for lots of us. You know, and I think everybody goes through it, even if that's not a big thing for them all of the time. I yeah, think so everyone has an element of that. It definitely was as a child. Mm. Definitely was like, um, I hated, still do, hated being in the spotlight. Wow. Um, hated the thought that I was being watched or compared or, yeah, yeah. But yet in saying that, I, was, I also did dancing. I loved dancing. And <laughs> I never stayed in the spotlight on, like with dancing, with competitions and things. With a spotlight, literally, in your yeah. heart. <laughs> so, hey, go figure. It's funny, isn't it? Our minds are crazy. I don't yeah. know. And I suppose some people who had that thought may have found doing well at a sport, like doing well at the swimming, for example, they maybe would decide not to do so well because they knew if they did, that would put them, you know, on a podium or something. Exactly. Where people... So I did, I was like that a bit. I would push to a degree, but not give it my everything oh, for that very reason. That is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's, and my coach would always say to me after, he would say, after an event, he'd say, you didn't give that everything. Wow. Sometimes I would, but not always. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, like yes, as an only adult. In my latter years that I've realised it was a subconscious yeah. thing. Yep. It's only in my latter years mm. that I've realised that's actually what I used to do. Yeah. And I actually still do it in running sometimes. Yeah. So ah. it's there, it's, yeah. 
Fascinating. I think that kind of thing, it's the observation of it is actually the important thing. Whether you choose to change it or not is actually irrelevant. It's actually being aware of it because then it's not just happening to you automatically with you having no say in it. But yeah, yeah. if you have a say in it and you still choose it, then that's cool. It's fine as that's well. Okay. It's not but, that um, matter because I'm never partying with running anyway, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Oh, I don't know. I think you could. There's all sorts of opportunities, as you know, in running. This is true. It's true. All right. So when you were at um, university for the couple of years in Hobart, did you do much sport then? Were you? I was a bushwalker. Okay. So I was in very heavily involved, involved in girl guides and then scouts. And it's actually oh, through wow. scouts that I met Lee. Oh, and so bushwalking. So I did a bit of swim, swimming, so I went by the wayside through towards my latter high school because yeah. I couldn't give the sport what I needed to to yeah. maintain where I was at. Okay. So it was either sport or study. Yeah. So then sport went to the wayside. Yeah. But with scouts and guides, I bushwalking was my thing. And mm -hmm. I love bushwalking. Again, it's that isolation, being in the bush. Yeah. And yeah, being with nature, that was my my big thing. You really enjoy it. Did yeah. you have um do you have siblings? Do you have brothers? Yeah, a sister, elder sister. Okay. Yeah. Is she sporty? No, she swam. She yeah. was a swimmer. Oh, and she okay. was and still is involved with guiding. I don't know yeah. that she's now but oh, the wow. daughters are. But no, she's not really sporty yeah. at all. So your um your family obviously quite liked getting outdoors, or at least both of were your parents no, as well? Did they no, it we did it. We two? did it more with guides and scouts, okay. but not as a family. Oh, that's as in with my parents. Yeah, yeah. But then, as a parent myself, um, when we were with our kids, but they were involved in scouts, and we always took them out. We took them camping, and we did outdoors okay. and stuff. So they grew up being outdoorsy. So that was going to be my next question. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well done. <laughs> You know, did, did you uh, take your children out and, and do stuff with them? So, always. Yeah. The big thing they, they always remind me of, and we often talk about it, is um, even as young kids like toddlers and early infant school, we'd take them on walks or we the big thing we used to do is um, in Adelaide there was a, it was McDonald's, was, I can't remember how far away it was, but it was within bike riding distance for young kids. Yeah. So we'd, we'd ride the bikes to McDonald's, get them an ice cream, 30 cent cone or whatever it was, 20 cents back then, wow. and ride home. Oh. But that was our way of getting them out and getting yeah. them active. Yeah. Or we'd walk to the um, shopping centre and buy them like a pint of Coke or something when they were a bit older. Mm. And, again, that was a bribery. Yeah, we'll go and get the pie, but we're walking. Yes. So, Yeah. And it got them moving and outdoors and Correct. you guys and hanging out together and all that exactly. other stuff. Exactly. And the kids still talk of those memories. Oh, so, yeah. And um, they were both swimmers as well. I taught both the boys to swim. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah, they were swimmers too. Yeah. Neither of them swim now, but that's okay. But it doesn't no, mean they won't. It's like it's, it puts it in their toolbox. I kind of think as a parent that the, the things that we expose our children to when they're younger are things that they can whether they choose to take them on at that time or when they're adults, it doesn't really matter. It just puts stuff in their toolbox that they can use later. Yeah, exactly. And it's experiences, things that yeah. they've experienced and lived yeah. through. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I even think that way with our running as parents, with you know, where the kids see us running, um, that when they become adults, whether they choose to run much or not, at least it's something that they know is in their genetics. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, exactly. And so they can. And it's yeah, not it's funny you say that because our eldest son's 30. Yeah. And he never ran, but yeah. he's just starting to run now. Oh, that's and amazing. he's completed a half marathon, couple of ten k. No, oh, yes, how exciting! Yes, he did do the half and a couple of ten k events, and he does park run. So that's really exciting. Yeah, and that's only been in the last four months. Yep. And that yet he's never a runner either. Mm. But then they see us kind of plodding around and realize that hey, hey, if mum can do it, I'm a dad can still do it. Why exactly. can't I? <laughs> Maybe I can too. I love that. That's really cool. So. Yeah. You, you had a um, child 30-odd years ago and that's when you stopped your uni at the, at the time. Correct. What were you, were you doing then in Adelaide? Did you do any other sport while once you were So I stopped swimming. I wasn't really swimming much in it when we moved to Adelaide, mm-hmm. um, but I used to be a gym junkie. Okay. So back then it was the um, aerobics. Yep. and step classes mm-hmm. and I used to do weights leg warmers so, sorry <laughs> leg warmers I was just thinking of Olivia Newton-John oh, yeah no, whenever I think tired. of aerobics <laughs> don't put that picture out there <laughs> you, you look really good in that stuff <laughs> yeah no <laughs> so I used to go um, to the gym and used to go to the gym that, and that was my thing because when the kids were preschoolers the gym had a crash so I could put the kids in the crèche and I could then go off and do my workout or a couple of, I used to do back-to-back classes and then pick the kids up and yeah. Um, And also played social netball then. And again, it was during the day with other mums and the kids could go in the crèche. So do you remember why you made the decision to continue sporting endeavours when your kids were little and you didn't just choose to work? not <laughs> so I always felt better yeah for being active yeah and there, there was a stage in my life where I became quite inactive due to circumstances and due to a health issue yeah and I never felt like mentally I never felt as good as I do when I'm active okay so when you're active you feel like you can cope with all oh, the things you can that, cope, that you can, the world throws you can at face you face the world <laughs> Because, like, sometimes, not so much at the moment, but I will commute, I will run to and from work. Yeah. By the time I run home from work, work's long gone. So many people have said that to me who have, like, a day job. I know your job's not always day. Yeah, mine, (laughs) I am a day job. Oh, yeah? Well, I know it can, isn't it? It's not always. Anyway, um, (laughs) beside that, people have said when they finish work, where they go outside of their house and like me who works at home, which has its own challenges, but yeah, um, they, they found that running um, home has been really good for blowing out that all the stresses oh, it, and all the things that have happened at work today. Oh, absolutely. And you walk absolutely. through the door and it's gone and you're now you rather than you dealing with all this other stuff, which you Correct. then perhaps dump on the kids and your, and your husband or your partner. So it's, it's, yeah, I think it's a great yeah. technique, actually. Should be encouraged. Yeah, it's got me through. And even before I was running, swimming, when I went back mm. to swimming and all the gym, it was the gym that would get me through. It was okay. the same. I yeah. 
even when I was working as a swim instructor, um, you might have a tough day with some tough kids because I used to work with kids with a disability, so it was quite oh tough God. there for a while. But I'd go to the gym on my way home or before I picked up our kids. Mm -hmm. And, again, that work was gone mm. by the time I got home because I'd worked it out at the gym. Mm. So I'd lift heavy weights or whatever or yeah. I'd um, do a hard class and by the time I'd finished, work was gone. Yeah. 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 You'd sorted it out. <laughs> exactly. So I don't, I don't think it matters what physical activity you do. Like my mum walks. Yeah. But for her, it's like she's also a nurse, but she or was, she's retired now. But she would park her car a couple of k's away from where she worked. Mm. And by the time she walked to her car, work was gone. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Isn't, so that's probably like we often talk in the podcast about the things that you pick up from your parents especially yeah. in a way of physical ways to be in the world and you know so many people have said oh my mum was a runner or my dad was a well they did something um and that kind of encouraged them but it was interesting that you said that about your mum and that's how she was able to cope with her the pressures yeah, of her yeah. work yeah, yeah and you've you've adopted that, that as well so that's awesome um so I know that now you're a nurse how did how did that come about so you We've got you swimming and, and a mum and things in Adelaide. How did how did, how did that's a very good question because I always said as a child I would never be a nurse. <laughs> never. That was like because I had my mum's a nurse, my mm. sister's a nurse, my uncle is a nurse, my aunt is a nurse. So it's I have now <laughs> I now have nieces who are nurses, cousins who are nurses. <laughs> so it was like I am not going to be a nurse. Oh, you're a caring bunch. But I'm not sure how it happened, but our son was um, in hospital a lot. We also had a daughter and she was in hospital a lot. So mm -hmm. I was home with the kids. Yeah. And we, we lost our daughter. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, she had leukaemia and had complications from the chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. That was over 20 years ago now. She how was old was she? Just of three. How old was she? She was two and a half. Okay. Hmm. So that put us in a, or put us all as a family, put us in a very difficult place mentally, as you can understand. Okay. The hmm. And I was struggling because I was home with the two. We had two boys. They were older hmm. than our daughter. Mm -hmm. Nathaniel was, at, our eldest was at school and our second child was preschool or kindy age. And he yeah. actually started school early because the school was just brilliant. It was their way of, helping us mm -hmm. and it did help yeah Lee was working so I was at a loose end mm -hmm. and really struggling and at that stage I hadn't worked since we've been in Adelaide because yeah. I was pregnant and then had preschool children yeah. chose not yeah. to work mm -hmm. Nathaniel or our eldest son had um, because of his illness had um, a lot of muscle wasting okay. and he used to do hydrotherapy mm -hmm. so the manager of the the pool there actually offered me a job and that's where the swimming started. He okay. knew I was a swimmer yeah. and I used to take Nathaniel there and then he, and I used to take our daughter into the water sometimes yeah. and I taught her to swim while Nathaniel was having his sessions. Oh. And so he obviously saw me with her and then offered me a job. So that's where the disability and the, then the caring came in and I thought I actually really do I like helping oh. people, I like, like caring for people, like mm -hmm. 
being able to do something positive in their lives and make a difference in their life. I love that. And then I got to a point where as much as I love swimming, I was sick of being in the water all yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. You were that turning into my... a wrinkled prune. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I smelled like chlorine. Oh. And have yourself thought it's time for a change. Yeah. So then that's when the nursing. Then I decided I'd just be a carer, work with aged care or people with a disability as a carer, which I did. But I got frustrated there because I couldn't do what I wanted to do because my scope of practice yeah. as a, a carer limit. was very limited. There was a border there. Hmm. So then that's when I thought, well, the only way to be able to make the difference I wanted to be able to make is to become a nurse. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. So did, at that time, was it you go to university or was it um, more you go university. into the hospital? Okay. No, that was definitely university. Yeah. Um, so that's all happened about the time we moved back here to Tassie. So I actually okay. went to UTAS here in Tassie. Oh, wow. To do my nursing, yeah. How, how old were you when you started your nursing degree then? Uh, early 40s. Okay. There you go. Yeah, have to be early 40s because I'm thinking 15, yeah. So how did you find study as a mature age student? <laughs> Challenging because I had two children in high school, early high school, so that in itself had its challenges. That's right. um, Lee was very, my husband was very supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, going back as a mature age and being in lectures with primarily kids straight out of school. Yeah. Yeah, it was challenging, yeah. but rewarding. Do you think yeah. it's changed a bit now? Like I feel like, I don't know why I think this, because I haven't actually, well, I've been around the university, but not in a class for a long time. But I kind of feel like if you turn up, if you were to turn up to do nursing now from year one, it may not be 50-50, but you'd have a much larger percentage of mature Oh, definitely. Age. And mm. I even look now at new grads coming through work. Mm. Um. Yeah, they're not all just straight out of school. Yeah, you get them higher. Yeah. 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 I know when I did teaching, there was a few mature age students and I just noticed by the end of my teaching because I had to go back and do it and finish it as a mature age student that there was a lot more mature age students by the time I went back, sort of I think eight years after I started. (laughs) So so I I got to see that too then and I just feel like now it's even more, yeah, that yeah yeah I'd agree with that and I think even more so in the last couple of years because people are looking more for things that they can do Mm. because their jobs may not necessarily be what they thought they were or people I think the environment like living in the pandemic have made a lot of people take stock of what's important and what Mm. they really want to do Mm -hmm. and we've only got one life or whatever so go out and explore the things that you maybe yeah yeah Mm. and also because people don't can't travel they're like well I can't go anywhere I can't like people use some people use travel to lose themselves and to get away from reality true can't do that at the minute no so we've got to make our reality something that we can enjoy and we can live and yeah. I think a lot of people used to travel and do other things to escape their reality yeah. because they weren't happy. Yeah. So they spent some I money think, on a trip away and 
and yeah. distract yourself perhaps exactly so yeah. i think people have taken are taking stock and think well hang on a minute this is my reality i yeah. can't escape it yeah so i need to fix it or that's change it huh. yeah. yeah that's a good observation okay so when we'll get to the sticky bit of this conversation when did you start running <laughs> as an adult <laughs> Yeah, as definitely as an adult. So that, again, that was never on my radar. I was uh -huh. never around. But I'm just trying to put in 10 years ago. Yep, so okay. I started running eight years ago. So 10 years ago, I had heart surgery. Wow. I a, yeah, I had a mitral valve repair. I'm learning a lot about you today, yeah. Leanne. <laughs> So back when I was at uni, I had I knew I was I knew I had a cardiac condition. Okay, is that just because you had a, your own um, stethoscope and you were listening to your yeah, heart? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> Actually, they used to love me at uni because they could hear my heart. My heart sounded different because okay. I had a heart murmur. Yeah, this so one was wrong. Always, so <laughs> listen to this yeah, one. This so is like, normal. Hey, this is James. This doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. And I knew it was degenerative. And I thought, yeah, whatever. I'll worry about that when I'm old, like old, <laughs> when I'm old. when I'm degenerated, exactly <laughs> into an older person. <laughs> but it started to deteriorate, and then I start when I was starting nursing. I was working on the wards, and at this stage, because of uni and because I was unwell, my fitness had started to decline. I wasn't going because I was I was working while I was at uni. Okay, and we had, as I said teenage children so I was working part-time teenage children and trying to study full-time yeah so my ability to go to the gym or go for a walk or whatever mm -hmm. was reduced and then it yeah. was getting really too all too hard because of my health yeah so I'd go for a walk so it was self-perpetuating because I'd go for a walk and I'd struggle because I was unfit mm. but then I'd also struggle because of my heart. So then heart I'd go less and so I'd get more unfit. And mm. So the cycle continued. Yeah. So I had my, so my heart got to a point where I was unable to walk around the block. Wow. So that was, that was a challenge. And I blamed everything but my heart. I said, it's because I've put on weight. It's because I'm yeah. unfit. Mm -hmm. So I said to Lee, I said, got to get fit, got to lose this weight. Mm -hmm. So we decided we'd start walking the zigzag track for nothing mm -hmm. like a challenge. That's me. Or That'll get your heart going. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got halfway up and I almost passed out. Wow. Because of my heart, I'd had a bit of an um, episode. And so after that, I said to her, I said, no, nah, that's it. Because my heart, doc, my cardiologist had been saying, you know, you need to have surgery, you need to have it repaired. Yeah, yeah, whenever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> so anyway, after that episode on the zigzag track, I went back to the cardiologist and said, okay, I'm hearing you. It's time. So then I had my heart surgery. Wow. So when I saw the surgeon in Melbourne, because I had him in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to get fit again. I'm going mm. to lose my weight. I'm going to get back my fitness that I had. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, oh, what's the likelihood of, of being fit? What sort of fitness could I achieve post-surgery? Mm -hmm. And he said to me, I have a marathon runner who's had the same surgeries you're about to have. Uh-huh. And left it at that. Seed was done. Seed was done. So after my surgery, I decided, okay, time to lose weight, time to start getting fit. So 
there was a gym just down the road and yeah. it was only a small gym because back to the don't like people, don't like being in the spotlight, don't like people looking at me. This was a small gym and I was really self-conscious because I'd gained a bit of weight. Yeah. But I went to this gym and had made a couple of friends and they used to just run a little bit. So as okay. part of our gym sessions, we would start running a little bit. Mm-hmm. So hence my running journey began. Wow. And then it really took off because Run for a Wish started about 2000 and... Um, don't put me on the spot, why don't you, um, as soon as I was in the, the committee that started that run. Well, that run, Michelle, that <laughs> is what helped precipitate my running. Was it? That's amazing. Oh, I feel like I could take a little bit of credit for that. Now. You can, <laughs> because our, our son actually was granted a wish from with oh. Make-A-Wish Foundation. There you go. So they were very special to our heart. Mm-hmm. And the, the inaugural run, I said to Lee, I said, I want to do that. I want to be able to run the 6.4 Ks. And at that time, I could run a K, maybe. Yeah. So I said to him, you know, I need to be able to run 5 Ks regularly. And then I know <laughs> I can run 6.4 because I think if I can run 5, I can run 6.4. Totally. So he found park run. <gasps> and we thought 5 Ks once a week. <laughs> That's all I need. I can start by walking. Easy. So easy. So we went to Park Run. We went to Launceston Park Run event number four. Oh, wow. And just went occasionally because at that time I was still working shift work. Yeah. So I would only go when I had the sad days off. Yeah. But then it sort of became, we enjoyed it a lot. We made friends there, became part of the community. So then I said to my manager, I'd like Saturday mornings off, but I would do park run and then I'd go to work. Okay. And then it got to a point where I just didn't work Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the beginning of my running journey. That's amazing. I didn't yeah, know so that. If it wasn't, and I look back now, if it wasn't for Run for a Wish, oh. I don't know if I ever would have pushed myself to run the 5Ks. That's and then it just stems from there. <gasps> oh, I think we but all there like you go. Bevan. And me and Tim and all the people that I exactly. know when we started the run for wish, we're like, yeah, that's exactly. so cool. Exactly. So even oh, though it's, exciting. yeah. <laughs> it's nice. So yeah. that, was a, that was a precipitator. It makes me think of when I started, uh, when I became a teacher 100 years ago, and people would say, why do you want to be a teacher? And I'm like, well, because when some kid says, you know, what was your, who was your best teacher and, and what did they teach you? It was like, I just want someone to say just, one thing, if I could just make the change for one one child who remembers, you know, something that I and taught that them and it worth it. changed their yeah. life or affected their life or whatever, then that's worth it. And if it's just one person. So that's yes, really yeah. cool. And that's how I feel about my nursing too. Because yeah, like, there you go. Our job's done now. It is. <laughs> <laughs> we, we affected some change in Leanne's life that was very positive. So that's Correct. Awesome. <laughs> that's really exciting. All right. So because of this... Um, you know, you had a, a health scare, really. That that, and because you you know your son had been unwell and had this connection with run for, with the Make a Wish Foundation was all why you you know took up running. Why do you think you still run to this day? What do you think's kept you going? Because I realise how much I love it. Yeah. And it's just become a part of my life. Like when I used to swim, it's part of it's the discipline. 
yeah. part of it. Um, yeah, so hey, part of it, <laughs> the discipline, part of it is the whole exercise scene. Because up until I was unwell, I was always fit and active. Yeah. So running keeps me fit and active. Mm -hmm. It's something I can do. Like I went for a run with the dog this morning, so I can just get up and go. Yeah. Or, and I can do it on my own. I can go up on the trails. I live close to Trevallon, so I can go up on the trails and yeah. do my own thing. Or I can run with a group. So I can be social or it can be solo. And I like both aspects of it. You do. Yeah. And there's no pressure mm -hmm. if I'm running on my own. No yeah. pressure whatsoever. Do you, um, do you listen to anything when you're running by yourself? No. No. no, I used to when I first started running because a lot of people said, oh, run with music and what have you. And I did for a while. And then, I, then when I started doing longer runs and training for a marathon, I then started listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. But then when I started getting into trail running, I thought, I don't need that. I'd rather just hear the nature. Yeah. So now I don't. Don't listen to anything. That's awesome. Yeah, so why do I keep running? Because I love it. It's a discipline. It keeps me healthy, like physically and mentally. It's got me through some pretty tough stuff. Yeah. Um, how, do you, yeah. how do you think it's helped you in those tougher times? How, what do you think was going on? Is well, it the space it gives you? How do you, I how think do you for me, because I don't listen to anything, mm -hmm. it gives me time to either mull over thoughts mm -hmm. Or it actually gives me more frequently, it gives me time where my mind is blank. Okay. Yeah. People so say to me, what do you think when you're running? It's like, I don't. That's but because awesome. my work is pretty intense and as I, um, and I've been studying and you have family life, your mind, or at least my mind, there's always stuff going on in your mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go for a run. Sometimes I don't think anything. And I think that just gives you time to clear your head. Yeah. There is, um, we were talking earlier before the recording, the studies that have been done in neuroscience in the last decade or so relating to what's going on in your mind. They particularly were studying running, but I think, as you said, there's lots of exercise forms where it would be similar things going on in I your mind. I think so, but, yeah. Um, it's very similar to what happens in your mind when you're meditating. So when you're trying to get to a space where your brain isn't so active, and you're actually giving yourself some space and you're just being present in the moment when you're meditating. That's kind of part of the purpose yeah. of many types of meditation. Um, the same thing has happened often when we're actually, running. I would agree and, with that. Now you said that, that's exactly yeah. what it's like. Yeah. Yes. So it yes. just, And people would say to me when I'm running, um, especially if I'm, it's almost like I don't zone out because I'm aware of everything around me. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, but like someone can walk past me and I'll acknowledge them, but I won't really know. Like you might walk past or run yeah. past me and I'll acknowledge that, yeah, Michelle's gone past, but I won't really acknowledge it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm sort yeah. of aware that, yeah, you're there. But if but, you said to me, oh, look, I saw you running at the tail race, it's like, oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> so it is, it's almost like you're, you're there, but you're not. Yeah, so you'll be. It's present. really hard to explain. Yeah, it is. What I mean, the purpose of some of the things that I'm trying to explore and develop is the ways where we can tap into that when we want to, not just incidentally, because a lot of us runners have that happen. Yeah. 
you know, just happens often in most runs, yeah. even perhaps, especially if you're running in nature. But um, sometimes when we need it to happen, it's like it's not happening because instead we're mulling over, I don't know, some argument we happened or some something. Other things, yeah. and, but actually, they're probably the times when we need to have that little bit of being present in the moment and just letting that stuff drop for a while and and just being correct. Yeah. 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 To to deal with it for our mental health. Um, yeah. In particular. Yeah. yeah. So that's it's really interesting. Um, lots of people have, have said to me how pivotal their opportunity to go out and run and, and be present in those moments has helped them deal with difficult things that are going on in their life. So, yeah. Oh, um, for sure. Mm, yeah. There's certainly lots of an- anecdotal and now lots of scientific. Um, yeah, it's really well, so. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. All right. How do you get out the door on those days? When, it's, when you actually don't want to and the weather's not so nice, <laughs> but you, maybe you're training for something and it's kind discipline. of like, oh, I'm supposed it's to run. Discipline. It's self-discipline. Yeah. Um, when I first started running, if it was wet and miserable, nah, I won't go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was back in the early days, back eight, nine years ago when I first started running. But mm-hmm. now... Um, Unless I'm thinking, because I don't tend to have a day where I don't run. So if it's really horrible out there, I might think, oh, I'll have a rest day today. But then I Mm. might ride um, the indoor trainer bike or something. Yeah. Um, But if I'm, and it depends where I'm at with my training, because I'm goal-orientated. Yeah. So if I've got an event coming up, and depends again where I'm in the cycle of training for that. So if I'm in, if I'm just in the build phase and events fair way mm-hmm. off, I might just think I'll run, I'll do that run tomorrow or I'll miss yeah. it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But as the events getting closer, it's like the self-discipline comes in. It's like, well, I've actually got this 10K run to do. I'm just going to go out there and do it. Yeah, yeah. And nine times out of ten, I'll go out there and I'll do it and I'll think I'm glad I did that. Yeah, and once you start... I don't think I've ever come back and thought, I wish I hadn't gone. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that lots too. Despite the weather, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. And once you're out there, actually, it's it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, and it it is hard when it's cold, especially in winter. Mm. And, like, I've taken to, if I don't run to and from work, I'll run... I'll get changed at work and I'll run from work mm-hmm. because I find if I go home, then it's hard to get back out the door. Yeah, it is. But if it? I run straight from work, I'm already out. Yeah. I can go home, have my shower and get warm. It's fine. Yeah. So it's just so that it, thinking about it ahead of time so that you're prepared to, like you've got your shoes with you and whatever else correct. you need. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it is. It's, yeah. it's that being prepared and it's that self-discipline. Yeah. And there's rarely a day now where I think, oh, look, the weather's up, I won't run. I might shorten it. I might do 5Ks instead of 10Ks. Yeah. Or instead of doing a speed set because it's raining, uh, it might be slippery, I might not do a speed set. Mm-hmm. But I'll still go and run. Yeah, but you're still... The majority of the time. You'll still move. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You said earlier that you run with people and, and alone. That's correct. Right, like you do a mixture of those. Do you have Correct. a favourite or is it just depends? Well, I I thought running alone was my favourite. I thought, thought that was my thought. Mm-hmm. I thought that was my thing. But come, when it was COVID, when we were in the midst of COVID and we 
couldn't run with groups. I kept running. I was running to and from work because that yeah. was my way of doing it when we're in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and couldn't run on the trails, so it was all a bit mm. challenging because I love trails. But then when we finally could run with a group again, I think mm-hmm. there were five of us and we met up at Trevallon and there were five of us and we ran and it was after not running with a group for however long. I thought, wow, how good is this? Oh. And I didn't realise until that moment how much I'd missed running with people. Oh. So, yeah, I do really enjoy the social aspect of it. And I look now at all my good friends now are runners. Wow. So why do you think that is? Why do you think that happens? Because you're not all nurses, like, for example. Oh. It's not like the thing you have in common is running. I think because running is so inclusive. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter whether you're um, a doctor, mm-hmm. a lawyer, a cleaner, mm-hmm. work from home, unemployed. Mm-hmm. We're all out there running and doing something we love. Mm. And I think that's what it is. It, it brings us together in a way that jobs don't and other social things don't necessarily because in society you have, as much as we hate it, we are a class society. Mm-hmm. And running loses all that. Yeah. Yeah. You're all, like same, I, like, you're all at the same level, if irrelevant of speed or anything, but you're all they're um, doing the same thing and going correct. through similar uh, experiences. Yeah, correct, yeah. correct. Mm. And sometimes it's not until you've been running with someone for a while that you really get to know them and think, oh, is that what you do? Yeah. <laughs> like as a runner, it's not the first thing you say, oh, what do you do? What's your job? Yeah, it's Where true. in other aspects of life, quite often it's foremost. It's, yeah. But I yeah. find with running it's not. Which, which kind of takes me into another question I often ask, which is about identity. Um, so when do you think you called yourself a runner? That's a really, really good question. Mm-hmm. Um, not for a long time. Mm. Um, I can't tell you to when it was. I know when I ran my first marathon, then I thought, yeah. actually, I think that's probably what it was. Yeah. Because when I did park run, yeah, I'd run, but it may only be once or twice a week. And mm. I didn't see that, even though I was a runner. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't class myself as a runner. Uh-huh. Is that funny? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just trying to think, I don't think there was a time where I could say I wasn't a runner today, but I am now. Yeah. And I don't know what changed and what made me think. What clicked it over. Yeah. Because often we yeah. we depend upon our identity by how outside influences see us, so outside people often. Um, but I think I find that if say if you're a regular park runner, you may not be calling yourself a runner, but people in your life who are not runners Would in particular will call you a runner. So yeah, <laughs> correct. And, and maybe that's where it came from because people yeah. started saying to me, Oh, you're the runner. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, well, I am. Okay, I am. I don't yeah, actually, I I do. it, yeah, I can't say this is what, yeah, I don't know. I, I remember quite quite clearly, I don't know when I called myself a runner either, but I can remember quite clearly 
when I started running in my in sort of mid-20s and just poured over. I was obsessive, obsessive <laughs> over running and had all the Runner's World magazines. And I and then I kept thinking, when do I call myself a runner? I thought there might be an article and I would. Yeah, <laughs> this is where, yeah, this is what defines a runner. <laughs> somebody give me, somebody tell Someone me. Someone tell me what's a runner. <laughs> when am I a runner? So it's quite funny. Um, <laughs> but, I went through that too. <laughs> um, so in that, uh, have you had an injury that stopped you running since you've been running? Have you had an injury that stopped you running for a short time? Yeah, I had, I had, I had like chronic plantar fasciitis. Out. Which, yeah, was ouch. Yeah. Um, but that didn't, that modified my running. It okay. didn't actually stop. But I yep. did tear a hamstring park mm. run leapt over a dog that had got off a lead. And I leapt over it because the dog ran in front of me and yeah. obviously landed funny. Oh. And that actually stopped me running for a short time. Mm. But yeah. no, I've been really lucky. lucky. Touch wood. <laughs> yeah, lack of injuries. Do you remember on you know, when you couldn't run a little bit, even though it wasn't very much, or even the frustration perhaps with the plantar fasciitis, I can never say that, um, What's like how frustrating that was, or what was going on in your head? Yeah, it was funny because I, a lot of people said to me, Oh, how are you going to cope not running? Yeah, I just went back to swimming. Oh, good on you. That's awesome. So I did, and I remember now I went out, I did pool running, and I went to the pool most days. So I replaced yeah. the running with swimming. With swimming. So, in a lot of ways, to me, what that says a little bit about your identity, if you, if I may, is probably that you see yourself as someone who wants to move or wants to be fit or enjoys staying oh fit. definitely so yeah. even though running is your preferred way to do that at the moment um if you can't run for a little while then you'll pick oh, up something else something, whether yeah. it's cycling or swimming or, or whatever you'll do Correct. some other thing so Correct. that's kind of a healthy yeah. way to do because you know we all have heard of the uh, professional sports people for example who get to the end of their careers in 20 something and that's their whole identity has been around being whatever that sport is. And some of and them don't cope with it very well because it's, it's really challenging after yeah, that. Yeah. Who are they? And so um, even people though, like us, we can get so enmeshed in our, in being a runner <laughs> that yep. if we can't for some reason, it can be, you know, strife. So it's quite good to think about it a little bit and, and get yourself in, in a place where yes, running is the thing you want to do, but um if you can't for some reason in the future, then, you know. Then there's other there's options. Other things yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, completely. Mind you, when, how long do you think you'll run for is another question I often I'd ask. like to run for until I physically can't. Yeah. So yes. I look at like um, a park run where there's older people mm -hmm. and I think I'd still like to be doing that. Like that's like, me. Yeah. I'd like to be 70 yeah. and run or 80 yeah. and run. Yeah. Even if it's one, I won't mind if it's slow or obviously the distances I run, I run now won't be there, but I want to still run yeah. until I physically can't. So what sort of distances are you running now? What's your goal at the moment? Do you have a goal? I, yeah, I've got a 100k event in... February, which is what I'm trying for. Just 100 kilometres. Just 100 kilometres. 
<laughs> so we've got triple top in or just over a week and a bit. Yes. So one set's over because I'm doing triple top. Once that's done, then the training will start for Tarawea. And how, how long is that between? How long is that from now, the 100K? Mid-February, so whatever that looks like. Okay. So not a long, long way away then. No. It's not that far away. No, it's not that's that far exciting. away. That's exciting. Are you So when you've done that, and it's probably not very fair to ask you this, because it's a bit like having children. It's like, when do you have, not what's do you next? have one? Do you want to have another one? <laughs> do you see more ultra distances in your future? Oh, definitely. I love ultras. Yeah? Yeah, love them. I've done a couple and I love them. Yeah. And tra trail ones or, or road Prefer ones? Prefer trail because yeah. I can just get lost in the trail. Yeah. Yeah. As in lose my like going back to what we were talking about before that yeah. almost that meditation type of thing. I was talking to someone actually on Monday who's done a bunch of trail ultras and she was saying the community as well in the trail world, especially oh, in ultras, is just amazing. It is. Is that what you found as well? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. I yeah, think, um, maybe I should start thinking about some of that. <laughs> oh, just like trail run, just trail runners in themselves. It's yeah, they're a great bunch of people. What do you think it is about the you know being out there in nature and on the trails instead of you know on the road that is different and makes us enjoy it more? Many of us, not everybody, mind I you. I think for me, some of it's the variety of the terrain. Yeah. Because like, even though like I did five Ks with the dog this morning and the dog only runs twice a week, he's a greyhound, so he doesn't do much running. <laughs> but he loves it when we do, but now he'll be exhausted for a couple of days. Oh. But um, so I do, I keep it fairly easy for him because um, we only just started running with him. But even in that, there's tree roots or there's little divots and there's rocks and there's wallabies and... Yeah. There's always something to take your mind off the fact you're actually running. Yeah, yeah. So I think for I think for me, trail running. Well, I think for anybody who thinks running is hard, if mm. you're running on the road, it can be monotonous. Yeah. Because it's hard, it's flat. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change unless you find hills and what have you. And a lot Pretty of new unforgiving. Like I love yeah. hills. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you go on the trail, even if it's a fairly easy trail, there's always something different. Mm. Like there might be trees or there might be rocks or there might be tree roots or mm. animals or birds. And mm -hmm. you just, I think just being in nature, yeah, it just gets you away from the hustle bustle of the city life. Not that long since hustling and bustling, no. but it gets you away from that. And another um, science to back that up yeah, <laughs> is, wow. is called, um, I think they call it biophilia. I do, I do need to get my words correct with it and research some more of this, but there have been a lot of studies showing it just what happens to us when we are surrounded by green stuff, <laughs> trees and Yeah, grass I sure and, remember reading nature. a couple of studies mm. about that. Yeah. And they yeah. say even if you just go and sit in nature. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we, we get more benefit from that than, say, just sitting in the middle of the road. <laughs> and then likewise, <laughs> exactly. you go for a run um, and you run in like a park environment or into a, in a trail you get um, there's even more things more going on for us that we can't just... see and it's good for our moods and all these other things 
um, too. So, uh, and all yeah. the things that you described are part of that, I think. So. I think so, yeah. Mm. And I, I like think it. part of it for me is to, what we touched on earlier is not listening to stuff, yeah. like not having music. Thankfully because to me that can distract away from being on the trail. Mm. Yeah. Where if you're on the trail, you'll hear, you can hear the wallabies thump off or you'll hear the birds or... Yeah. The yeah, water running and music. You're not aware yeah. of all that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Interesting. Because I do both. Like I'll listen to stuff and I'll have time without stuff. So I kind of mix it up, uh, which I find I probably prefer to listen to stuff when I'm on the road though than when I'm in trail. Yeah, which is again. interesting. Yeah. yeah. And when I stopped, yeah. I would listen to stuff on the road, but not yeah. on the trail. Yeah. But now I'll go like I'll run a marathon on the road. And I won't listen to anything. Huh, there you go. Apart from everyone else's heavy breathing and thumping around here. <laughs> yeah. Or even a training run. Like I did a 50K training run um, on the road a little oh, while ago now. But I still didn't listen to anything. Oh, wow. So, really? yeah. That's it's interesting. Awesome. Yeah. It's good yeah. to be able to be with yourself for that long. Because a lot of people, especially, actually, maybe that's come from being a swimmer. Oh. Actually, it could be because you are, there you go. It could yeah. be because you you can't listen to anything, although you can these days with new technology. Yeah, I've, I've had a, swimming. You couldn't. No, you I've just, had a bunch of swimmers talk about it though. Just like you, like that staring at the white line or whatever under yeah, the water the and that line, big white. And, that, and that's exactly what it was. Meditative, yeah. I should. Yeah, as a as a process. I thought, oh, there you go. Yeah, you're probably, I'd never yeah. thought of that, but yeah, you're probably not. right. Just then. Just yeah. Coming across all kinds of cool things. Now, um, Leanne, tell me, what is it that you do most Saturdays now? Oh, Parkrun. What? <laughs> what do you do at Parkrun, Leanne? What do I do at Parkrun? Most of the time I volunteer now. I don't run very often because... Um, I love volunteering and I, I run enough anyway. I don't actually need to run on Saturday and I'll run Saturday afternoon anyway. But I love seeing others starting their running journey or their fitness journey mm -hmm. and I love to be able to support them. Mm -hmm. So volunteering gives me that opportunity to support others. And 12 months ago, I started a park run up at Kate Reed. I see. So... <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. So that actually um, took, because I started it, I wanted to be there on the ground and support my team mm -hmm. or the team around me. Yeah. Um, so that meant for a long time I volunteered or was just around supporting it without actually running. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I think it says a lot when people move from, not just doing their in their sport, especially an individual sport like the one that we do with the running, and um, move into helping others also enjoy it in some way by volunteering. It could just be volunteering at parkrun. I mean, it's another step to actually take on the director's role or whatever they call it at a at a parkrun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. another whole uh, world. Uh, I know a bit about organising runs <laughs> and how challenging it can yes, be. You so, do. <laughs> so um, I think. Um, it's it's in it's another layer or another level of um, being in this sport where we can create spaces for other people to enjoy it too. And I think, well, I think yeah, I think, and awesome. because we enjoy it so much, mm. we want others to enjoy it. Mm, exactly. So yeah. yeah, 
being being able to share it and um, mind you there's something to do like uh, the running club's only 20 weeks a year or 20 something weeks a year whereas park runs almost every Saturday pretty much it so is every Saturday <laughs> so I think that's like another level again <laughs> just like, yeah but yeah. park run if you have a good team like we do at KB yeah, yeah. it runs itself what do you, why do you think park run? Like I've, I've had a few people on like um, Christine and a few others and, um, and um, Craig Boone and things. So a few other people who've been pretty instrumental in park run in Tassie yeah. too. And it's interesting to ask you why you think park run, not just successful here in Tasmania, but just around the world. Why is it taken I off so much? It's a community. It's like we mm -hmm. touched on before with a trail running community, park run, um, is that whole community like when we first started running we started running as I said with park run mm. and the very first Saturday we went Craig Boone said to us do you want to come for coffee with us yeah. I didn't know Craig Boone then huh. and so we we're like oh yeah I suppose got nothing else to do <laughs> and so then we went to coffee with these bunch of runners and we got to know this bunch of runners and then we started training with that bunch of runners. Wow. So it's, again, I think for Park Run, it's one, it's there every Saturday. Yeah, that's consistent. So it's consistent. You know mm. what time it is. You know what course it is. Mm. You know it's going to be 5Ks. Yeah. So... You can either use it like I did to build your running and mm -hmm. to work on your running ability, or if you're already a runner, you can use it as a um, like a time trial or mm -hmm. a speed session. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't matter whether you're one of the top faster runners mm -hmm. or whether you're in the middle or whether you walk. Mm -hmm. It's still the same thing. It's still that same community. It's still completing that 5Ks once a week. Mm. And a lot of people like to see that achievement. So you get your time and you get your goal. And there's, yeah. um, but I think park run, I think it's the simplicity of it. Yeah. You just turn up and you run or yeah. you walk. And you don't have run. to hang around afterwards or anything either or, yeah, or even hang around just, at the start. You just <laughs> Exactly. You just turn up and you do it. And it's done. And yeah. I think it's that simplicity and the community around it mm. that's made it what it is. Mm. I think it's yeah. been, it's been a, a great gift to the running community globally. Oh, for I sure. Think it's amazing. For sure. Yeah. 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 I love it. Um, and it's been mentioned many, many times on this podcast that's even before I started speaking to the race the directors. Yeah, because <laughs> so yeah, like, Parkrun, oh. see, if it wasn't for, see, Parkrun is what, like your the run for a wish precipitated me running, mm. but it was park run that enabled that. That kept and kept you and going as well, perhaps. Through park run, we then met the running community, got to know the running community, uh -huh. and then so it just sort of stems from there. Yeah, isn't that wonderful? That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this is a question I ask most people and that is if you didn't hadn't started running say um, 10 odd years ago or whatever it was um, what do you think your life would be missing well most of my friends there you go <laughs> because they're all runners 
Isn't that amazing? I mean, I'm sure I would have met people in other fields of my life, but yeah. yeah, I look now and I look at my super friends, and the majority of them are runners. Isn't that nice? amazing? And they come from all walks of life, which I think again Correct. is amazing. So you Correct. don't just have your work friends and yeah. So a lot of these people who are runners, I would not have met if it yeah. wasn't for running. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. It has been amazing to share some time with you, Leanne. Is there anything that you think about running? Well, I'll ask you for some tips in a minute, but is there anything about running that you wanted to share that maybe we haven't touched on in our conversation? It doesn't matter how fast or how slow or how long or how short you run. Mm -hmm. It's about, and these are conversations I've had with people when they've struggled to get out the door and what have you. It's like, why do we run? We run or I run because I enjoy it. We run because we enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if you run a K, 10Ks or 50Ks, if you're enjoying it, that's what it's about. So if you're losing that enjoyment of running, are you running too hard? Mm. Are you running in the wrong spot? Do you need to run with people? Do you need to listen to music? Yeah. Do you need to get onto the trails or do you need to find a less challenging run? Mm, Mix it up. So mix it up a bit, mm. but and then go back to the why. Like for me, it's like, why do I run? I run because I enjoy it. Yeah. So if my five k's takes me thirty minutes today and forty minutes tomorrow, so what? I've enjoyed it and I've gone for a run. So, so don't lose. So don't don't put pressure. So what I'm trying to say is, don't put pressure on yourself to always run five k's at. 30 minutes or 20 yeah. minutes or whatever yeah. it is you do. Expectation. Just go out and enjoy it. Yeah. Maybe lose the watch. Maybe just go and run yeah. for the sake of running. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. I know I used to work in an office in town a really long time ago, but I used to run it like four lunch times a week. And the way I got myself out was to think of different places I could go that I haven't been to before. So I would, you know, run exactly. all the different suburbs of Launceston in a lot of time yeah. looking at things and, and- and see, running has, has I've run in places I've never been before. Yes. Yeah. And that, it's an amazing way actually to experience a place. You would, you've would done run, running tourism a bit like we have, you yeah, know, being able yeah. to just get out and go for a run down a, a, a new town or a new. And city. how good is that to be able to do that? It is really awesome. Yeah, you get it's awesome. A kind of ground level experience rather than, you know, moving through on a you know, car or train or whatever. Correct. You kind of get and a different see, feel. Park one's really good for that too because oh, there's yeah. so many park ones worldwide. You can go, like, and we, when we were travelling, on a Saturday we would find somewhere where there was a park run. That's and awesome. park run, wherever you go, is always the same. Yeah. It's that <laughs> same community it's that park yeah. So wherever you go, park run's going to be park run. That's true. That's and that is, is just awesome. And I remember when we went to Darwin a few years ago, I was training for, must have been for a marathon. And I had, on my training program, I had to do, I don't know, about a 30K run. And I'm thinking, Darwin, never been to Darwin before. Where on earth am I going to run 30Ks and be able to get water and what have you? Because yeah. there. Yes obviously. So we went to Park Run and I said to people there, I'd like to do 30Ks tomorrow. Where One, where is it safe? Two, yeah. where, what do you recommend? 
And I had, I reckon, three or four different people recommend a similar running route. And so that's what I did. Wow. But how, without park run, you could have I been anywhere. Been able to do that. And so it wouldn't have been awesome fun. You might have ended up, yes, I yeah. love it. That's awesome. So, I mean, that's just, yeah. Brilliant. I haven't talked much about this or a little bit. Occasionally it's come up, but how do you deal with the fact that, um, like we talked about the joy of running and how we love it, but even an easy run, most runs have a little bit of discomfort. I suppose that's what I'm saying. How do you deal with the fact that running's not like comfortable the whole time? In fact, most runs have some form of discomfort some at some point. And um. I don't know. I think because I enjoy it so much, if it is mm. getting uncomfortable, I'll just slow down. Yeah. Or I'll change what I'm doing. Like the other day I was out on the trails and I was really struggling with the heels because mm. I was just fatigued. So I thought, okay, I'll find a flatter route. I yeah. won't do the big hills that I was planning on doing. That's when I find the downhills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Enough> downhill. <laughs> but I'm not so good at downhill. I'd rather climb any day. Oh, I remember we had that conversation, actually. <laughs> when we went up a mountain a few weeks ago, I remember we had that conversation about you liking you yeah, exactly. uphills more than the down. <laughs> Much prefer uphill. Give that's me an uphill any day. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Um, I, I just sometimes think we know when people are about to start running, it's quite uncomfortable because you're getting used to breathing and, and things like that. And, and it doesn't feel that great um, oh, initially. And, it's hard. and why would you do that? Why would you put your body? And, and as humans, that? we really like comfort. Correct. <laughs> I think like when I started running, mm. it was like, I would say I'll run to that pole or to that tree yeah. mm-hmm. and then I'll walk mm-hmm. and then I'll run again. So yeah, that 50 meters or hundred meters that I would run was uncomfortable. But I know it was only till I got to that tree. Yeah. So you so had I that push yourself to get to had that. a line or whatever. And you'd push yourself, you know, just to within your discomfort zone or what something. And yeah, then the next exactly. time you'd be a little bit further and a little bit further, I guess. That's, yeah. And that's I think to a lot of, and I know we did it, we mean Lee and I, we all we ran too hard when we first started running. Yeah, that's quite common, isn't it? And that's really yeah. common because everyone thinks, oh, I mean, and it's back with for me, it goes back to my swimming training. If it didn't hurt, mm. you didn't give it your all. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be like that. Mm. Not every run has to hurt. That's you true. can go for a run and, like, I'll go back to my run this morning with a dog. It was an easy run. It yeah. wasn't uncomfortable. It didn't hurt. Yeah. I got home and thought, that was a great run. There was no discomfort. There was no pain. There was none yeah. of that. Oh, it was just a great run. That's awesome. But that's because you've set it up I to be like that. It, running easy and slowly. Yeah. And that took a long time to learn to do because back in my mindset, it was like, if it doesn't hurt, if it's not uncomfortable, you're not achieving anything. There's a but discipline in that, do. isn't there? There's a discipline in that itself, like in that disciplining yourself to not go flat out all the time or to not Correct. have to, as you said, feel a lot of discomfort in order to think that you have done something as yeah, a correct to, yeah. correct yeah. like I remember when I first started training for ultras I was always um John Owen Amy said to me you're running too hard in your long runs oh. and it's like no I'm not it's easy <laughs> and they're saying no you should be able to talk throughout the whole long run it's like talk huh? really <laughs> huh? 
<laughs> so and that was a real discipline to be able to slow that run down. Yeah. And I remember one when I when it finally dawned on me how to do it and to be able to run at that pace and be comfortable. And I remember saying to, I don't know whether it was John O or Amy, it might have been both of them. I don't feel like I've run. Uh-huh. And I've done 15 Ks or 20 Ks. And they said, that's how it should be. Wow. It's like, mm-hmm. wow. And now a lot, most of my runs are like that. That's awesome. Unless yeah. I do like a real hard set or speed work or yeah. hill work where yeah. I actually do put in the effort. Push. If I'm just going for a run or like if I'm commuting, it's like, yeah, I'll go for a run. And, yeah, sometimes I might get a bit of a, the discomfort because, yes, I'm running mm. and I'm exerting myself. But and you live at I'll the top of the hill. And, exactly. <laughs> and you live up the hill. <laughs> <laughs> but you get to the point you think, yeah, I could keep going. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What a great place to be. I know. It's so good. And oh, if no. you'd asked me eight years ago when I started running, if I'd ever get, I, I would have thought you were crazy. Wow. I said, that's not possible. That's amazing. It's just the way you have... Um dived into you know running as I mean we talked about identity and things before but you're kind of completely immersed in the running world now which I think um yeah that's awesome do you actually as a nurse do you find that there's a way that it dictates your practice as a nurse a little bit as well I'm not saying that you go around and tell everyone to go running but just Um, you have a different sort of vision on what's going on with people with I suppose it in because I work with people with chronic illness okay so I suppose it does help me to sort of think, well, look, I've been through some pretty difficult stuff in my own mm. life and being physically active helps. Yeah. So even if you're not able to run, just to go for a walk, just walk down the block or mm-hmm. um, what have you, will make a huge impact yeah, on your well-being. On your well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in that respect, yes, it has definitely helped. Mm. Especially with those with a chronic illness because, um, yeah, you've got to do something to to help. Mm. To help, not not just that physical, but it's that that, um, emotional, that mental well-being as well. And it's really hard when you're living with a chronic illness to get into that. um, Positive kind of mindset. Yeah, that, that sick role almost. Yeah. 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 That's interesting Um, Mm. because I think I assume being able to get out and go for a walk and, you know, all the positive things that we talked about that running and and just walking and just being um, physically physically moving in your life, all the positive things that happen, even if it's just for those moments that you're doing it or that, you know, the moments it gives you um, must be beneficial for people's mental health and when they're dealing with things that are not that great for their mental health yeah can only imagine you know, it, that it's beneficial yeah mm-hmm. i can imagine it would have to be yeah mm-hmm. and i know apart from a heart surgery i've been relatively fit and healthy but mm-hmm. i've had been through some pretty tough emotional stuff even yeah. recently yeah and it's that ability to be able to switch off by yeah. going for a run or going for a walk or whatever that helps to get through that tough stuff mm. It's like moving therapy, running therapy for us. Exactly. I love it. Exactly. It's wonderful. Yeah. All right. 
so again, thank you. I think I already thanked you about 15 minutes ago and then we can start That's chatting. All right. So <laughs> thank you for your time. It's been amazing. Before no we worries, go, thank you for asking me. I would love to get from you some tips for beginner runners. And um, yeah, I reckon that your tips would be awesome. So yeah, for beginner runners, just as I said before, don't feel pressure to go hard. Yeah. It's okay to run at an easier pace. You don't have to go hard every time you run. Mm -hmm. And if you're really just starting out, like I remember when I, and I'll still remember to this day when I first started running, when I actually ran a K without stopping. Oh. I was elated. I ran oh. a whole kilometre without stopping. So patting yourself on the back for the little goals exactly. that you do achieve. So, and it's okay to walk. Yeah. Just because you're a runner or you're trying to start to run doesn't mean you can't walk. Because I, I remember early on in my running yeah. things, it's like, didn't matter what distance it was I was running, whether it be 3 or 4K, 5K, 10K, I had to run that whole distance. Mm -hmm. But you don't have no, to run that whole no. distance. If you set out to go the 10Ks or 5Ks mm -hmm. and you walk a K, run a K, walk a K, walk a metre, 500 metres, so what? It doesn't matter. Mm. So, and the other thing I think for me, I've changed my running more rather than looking, and that could be because of the trails, rather than looking at the distance and then looking at the time and the pace, Yeah. just go for a time. Yeah. So let's say you want to run for 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Don't worry whether you do one kilometre in 15 minutes or three kilometres in 15 minutes. Mm. Just go for that 15 minutes yeah. or half an hour or an hour or whatever it is you want to do. And I found for me that took the pressure off. I've actually removed my pace. For, I can't see it. I mean, see, I, can see I it don't. Later, but I exactly. Can't so nine times out of 10, I'll say to Lee, I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to be an hour or two hours yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. And some days in that hour, I might complete 10 Ks, mm -hmm. but some days I might only do eight. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter what your time or what your pace is. Just get out there and do it. And don't worry. Don't, yeah, if it feels uncomfortable, just slow down a bit or walk a bit and that's yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. And if you set yourself out to do, let's say, 5Ks, because for a lot of people, 5Ks, if you're starting out, mm. I remember for me, 5Ks was a long way to run. Yeah, yeah. And if you set out to do 5Ks and you really don't think you can do it, that's okay. Stop yeah. at 3Ks and say, well, I've done 3Ks and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. Try again another day and just slowly, slowly increase it, not. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, as, as you say, build up slowly and be yeah. kind to yourself and listen to your body. Yeah, that's really important, actually. Yeah. A lot of people are not. <laughs> no, and a lot of people put like, and I used to put pressure on yourself. Mm. Like, I remember when I first started running, we were running with Craig Burns Group. And it was our first year of running. I think, yeah, it was the first year. And everyone and everyone in the group was doing the long system 10. Yeah. And Craig said to Lee and I, are oh, you going to do it? And I said to Craig, I can't possibly run that far. <laughs> so there was no way I was doing the Launceston 10. And he left it at that. And they were at that stage, they were running three times a week, two midweek runs and a Sunday run. And the Sunday yeah. run was always a longer run. 
Mm-hmm. We wouldn't go on Sundays because it was too far. Yeah. And then Craig said to us, if we can, if we set a 12K loop, you could always do 6Ks or 8Ks, you could shorten it. Mm-hmm. No, me being not me was like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do the whole distance. <laughs> but anyway, eventually we thought, and he said to us, well, with the Lonnie 10, he said, well, you don't have to run the whole way. Why yeah. don't you just do 10Ks with us as a group and see how you go? And so that's what we did. And, yes, I could do 10Ks. And what? it wasn't that hard after all. It was hard and it hurt, yes, but it wasn't as daunting like it was achievable because mm. Craig had presented him into such a way that it took the pressure off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I was thinking, I run park run hard and I've got to do that again because park mm-hmm. runs five pace. And I was thinking that's not achievable. Yeah. But by slowing down and allowing myself to walk if I had to, it suddenly became achievable. Something you could do. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. It was a, it's interesting. One of the I got a, a lot of responses from Amy saying in her interview, um, it's not all about basically it's not all about running you can walk running you know basically exactly. you can walk. <laughs> and I think that's where trails are so good because like Lee says if you're running on the road and you stop and walk everyone sees you walk <laughs> well he thinks that but if you're on the trails and you stop and walk no one knows <laughs> my current training has me going running three k's and then walking for a minute and every time I walk for a minute I'm like because and even like now after running all these years I'm like gosh, this feels weird. And is anybody looking? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're going to think I've broken down because I'm not running and I'm walking. <laughs> but like... that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And even if they did, so what? So <laughs> what? Exactly. And the thing is, and actually it was interesting, my son said this. He said, we think everybody's looking at us and we feel mm. really self-conscious. Yeah. But really, they're not. They're not. <laughs> they're really like, worried about how themselves. How often do you see a runner? Do you look at them and think, oh, they're running slow. No, you usually go, wow, they're out running. That's awesome. Exactly. How <laughs> awesome they're out there running. Or if you see them yep. stop and walk, do you think, oh, now they're walking? <laughs> I don't. No, we're our own worst enemy, I think. We are, and we think people enemy. think stuff of us and they're not. No, that's so true. No. And that's, <laughs> that's a perfect way to finish our call. Yeah. So if you um just stay on, because I will say goodbye to you off the recording as well. <laughs> Yeah, we're just on here, so don't just run away. But again, thank you for giving up some of your precious time. We're also oh, that's busy. okay. Thanks for asking. Really me. appreciate it. Really yeah. appreciate you sharing some of your running wisdom because you have a ton of it. So thank you. Oh, thank you. And I'll see you out on the trails. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it for a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and i'll see you there plus i'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode and before you go I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.